It's a great thing you're doing amongst us. And we give you thanks for that. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. And brethren, finally, you pray for yourself this evening that the, word, the Lord will give you a word. Just say, Lord, I open my heart this evening. Give me a word in the name of Jesus. No, I have not just come to mark that I came. No, it's not attendance you came to mark. You came to meet with God. You came that the Lord might instruct you. You came that the Lord might give you a word. So pray and say, Lord, my heart is open for that word in the name of Jesus. Give me a word today. Pray for yourself, brethren. Pray for yourself. That is why you have come. I know you love the company of the brethren. And while we are together, of course, the oil will flow. Grace will flow. The Lord will instruct his people. The Lord will release grace. The Lord will do mighty things amongst us. Lord, we ask that you give each and every one of us here, even those watching, from all over the social media platforms, that you give each and every one of us a word today. Father, we give you praise forever. Blessed be God forever for great things that you will do amongst your people today. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If anybody coming for the first time or you don't know our declarations by heart, can you just quickly stretch your hand, let them give you a copy of our magazine. All right, so just look at the cover page for those who are, who are needing that. At the bottom, that black box with white lettering, you see declaration written um, on the side. That's how we declare uh, the word of God and want to study. What we do with that is to charge our spirits so that it will be alive and um, awake, you know, to receive what God wants to give us today. We engage our mouth. The mouth is very important. Watch your mouth. What did I say? Watch your mouth. Turn to somebody and say, watch your mouth. Tell somebody, say, watch your mouth. mouth. It's important. It's important. It is very, very important. You understand? Many times we open our mouth and just just talk nonsense and cast evil seeds around us. This is germinate. All right? Even when you are angry, say something good in anger. Like my wife, you tell my children when they were very small, is this Jesus boy behavior? And you can even flog the non-Jesus boy behavior out of, but you never say you're a devil's child. Lie, lie. Not in my, devil's child didn't miss his road and enter my compound. Life is full of temptations. And what is temptation about? To see what you will say. So let's always say something. Now I want to study the word of God before we pray. So we are going to declare, because we have been praying and we are believing God, that this is what the Lord will do for us this evening. If you believe that, give me an amen. amen. Let's declare it if you really believe it. One, two, let's go. I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And as a result of it, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. Amen. And that is precisely what the Lord will do for you today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you are joining us from any, any part of the world, you are joining us on Facebook, on uh, YouTube, through Twitter, or MixLR. Just pay attention for the next, let just, just give us two hours, won't take up to that, but pay attention and God will manifest these words in your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. He will remove confusion from your soul in Jesus' name. Amen. He will bring healing to every part of your body in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
the power of resurrection. Let me tell you about resurrection. Resurrection says the thing was dead. Resurrection does not work on living things. It works on things that are what? Dead. That dead part of your life will come back to life in Jesus' name. It will come back to life in the name of Jesus. Nerves will come back to life. You will begin this, you can't see. By the time it's done, two hours time, you'll be seeing clearly. In the name of Jesus Christ. A retina will be regrown. In the name of Jesus Christ. A cornea will become clear. In the name of Jesus. The word is coming forth. He sent his word and it healed them. Healing is your portion today in the name of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, give me another amen. Amen. Let's take our seats. The Lord is good. All right. We've been looking at um, how to stay prayed up all the time. And we titled the caption, Releasing um, Divine Provisions. Uh, What we are doing is to see how we should pray for ourselves. I've said that we don't start praying only when there's a problem. We keep ourselves prayed up constantly. That is, we make sure that we are charged constantly with prayer. Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not to get tired, not to faint, not to get out of praying. And Jesus doesn't give advice. Everything he says is an instruction. Everything he says is an instruction. Advice you can take, you can reject, but when God gives an instruction, disobedience is punishable. So when he says men ought always to pray, you have to learn the habit of praying always. There are different forms of prayer. One that many of us are not conversant with, which I introduced some time ago, which I reminded, uh, reminded us of last time, is the one in which I talked about conversations. I picked that from Malachi, that our conversations are a form of prayer. Because Malachi said, those that fear the Lord spoke often one to another, and the Lord heard it. He paid attention. And a book of remembrance was written because of those people. So when you're talking, God is hearing. So I said, let us not cancel our prayers in church by our prayers during our conversations. A lot of people do it. It's very bad. That is, we say things that show that we are praying. That is when we are praying. We utter words in prayer. We don't want to now converse with one another. We negate everything that we have said in prayer because we think that it is when we get on our knees or when we stand up and raise our hands or we gather with brethren and join hands, that's when we are praying. Not that time alone. That is prayer. We are here. We are going to be praying. We have prayed already today. But then when we are walking on the road, when you stand by the road, you understand, just with a friend, you are also praying when you are talking because God is listening. Say those that fear the Lord, they spoke often one to another and the Lord heard it. I hope you are getting my point. So when we are analyzing everything in life, remember, those words are prayer words. They can be building up or they can be breaking down. Concerning your environment, your nation, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. God has planted you in your country. You are a Ghanaian. You are an American. You are a Nigerian. You are in South Africa. No matter where you are, God has planted you in in your nation as an injector of blessing. Don't place a curse upon the environment. Your words are not innocent. They are not supposed to be commentaries. They are, you are God's prophet. He said, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. And he was speaking about Abraham. He was speaking about Isaac. He was speaking about Jacob. He was talking about the descendants of Jacob. None of them was called into what you and I will call a prophetic ministry. I hope you are getting my point. We are prophets of God today also. We are like our father Abraham. God testified concerning Abraham that he told Abimelech that you took a prophet's wife. The man was a prophet. We are descendants of Abraham. We are prophets also. 
I hope you're getting my point. So when we utter words around us, we are prophesying. We're not just passing comments. It's not just simple commentary. Life is not football. Do you get my point? It's not football. You're not watching UEFA Championships or Nigerian, what do you call Nigerian League? NFL, right? NPL, Nigerian Premier League. Thank you very much. Okay? So, you're not just, that's not life. Life is real. God is always looking for those who will speak his words. That's why the Bible says, Amos was speaking, the Lord does nothing except he reveals his counsel to his servants, the prophets. Why? The reason is that he can't, really. That's actually the issue. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord. The earth he has given to the sons of men. So amongst them he has picked prophets. So he reveals his counsel to them so that they will prophesy. So John will be told, you must prophesy again. That is, you will take words. You eat those words. When you have eaten the words, you now go out and utter the words. The words are not just, um, um, like I said, not just information, not just commentary. That's what God uses to execute what he wants to do on the earth. He uses people's words to execute what he wants to do on the earth. We are part of the council of watchers, I believe. Do you get my point? Everywhere God, God raises prophets. He raises prophets. He raises prophets. So uh, let me not teach you on that in detail. I just want to remind us, let's be careful there for what we say. If you have been anointed a prophet, and listen, your prophetic mantle, your prophetic anointing comes upon you as you grow as a believer. It is not just by the laying on of hands. Every believer, as you are growing, you are increasing in the amount of influence that God is giving you around. So be careful what you say. So when you see bad things in the environment, we also saw it. Everybody saw it. When we respond and we refuse to pass the comment everybody expects, you should know that it's because we recognize we are prophets. So we don't just pass commentary. We declare words. What will happen next? The Bible says, by faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. That that, that, that which we see, that is what will happen, all right, did not come out of things that were visible. That is what will happen will not be a result of that which you could see. I hope you're getting my point. The fact that you see, you know, you hear all kinds of things like, um, uh, a friend of mine asked me today that he showed me a report and that they said that Boko Islamic State, they're trying to infiltrate the South Middle Belt and South South states. Okay, now there are two ways you can respond. One way is the common way. One way is the general general way. What is the president doing about it? That's the problem in this country. We have such a porous border; everybody can come. Nonsense. We're in trouble. We we'll go die. We'll die. Uh, what future is there for our children? Then you now pack your bag and run to a place where you are going to drown. We are death, not death. Whether Islamist kills you, or you are drown. You drown. You are still dead. Dead. Why don't you just stay where you'll be useful for God to you there? That's one way of responding. The second way of responding is this. Like the, um, many of us know the outchurch church people, our friends, I've forgotten their name. Anyway, it's part of Capro uh, work in, in, the, in the south. They usually work in the north, but because they found a lot of people from the south, north were coming down to the south. So uh, Brother John wrote a book titled Scattered to be Gathered. People said, look at the number of northerners coming to the south. You know how a Christian is looking? He said, we will baptize you before you go. Can you see another perspective? I wonder, I was talking to one of the, the, the pastors in town. I said, ah, yesterday we baptized six people, something like that, three of them Muslims. Can you see that? And he testified when they were speaking. He said, many of the people that were members of the church, they've gone back home to be missionaries. 
So you can respond and say, hey, they are invading us. The guys are looking for work. Uh, do you follow my point? You can be, your fear, you know, and that's what happens. Satan, you know, and his agents, which are human beings, they go out and spread fear. So one little thing, people respond, and riots will start. Fights will start. Axe, knives, you know, cutlasses, guns will start killing each other because of fear. But somebody has looked and said, ah, come. By the time I'm done with you, by the time I'm done with you, you will believe the gospel. Why? Because the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. We pull down strongholds. We are not afraid. Christians should stop being afraid. One major problem I have with Christians in Nigeria generally is that they behave. Now, other Christians also behave like that. Just like my Nigerians, so I see what's going on. They behave like victims. We are under attack. So let's defend ourselves. That's how you know soldiers who are, they don't know their work. If they feel like we are under attack. Listen, we are the ones that are supposed to be attacking. One day somebody sent me um, a video of an Islamic evangelist. That's the only way I can describe him. I know, you know what I liked about it? If you see his own perspective, he was asking the uh, Muslim Umar, that's what they call them, that's the Jamal, you know, the people, <laughs> like the Muslim faithfuls that they should please support him financially. He now said something that was excited. He said, the other people, referring to Christians, he said, they are so organized. They are converting our people. I said, amen. <laughs> I can show you the video. I said, I have the video. He said, they are organized. You see them, they come like this, like this. And I, I, you know, you know, if it, we were also saying that Muslims are... The, it, when he finished that day, talking about what Christians are doing, I said, amen, amen, in Jesus' name, amen. He said, they are organized. And they come, you know, they go to the villages, they go to the rural areas, they do this, they were describing things that Christians do. And they bring their own, their, their own religion. And that they are not doing it. That listen, I'm ready, I have many people are ready. What we just need is resources, we need funds. I say, Amen. <laughs> Amen. That is the real, that's the real order. Feel threatened. We are the aggressors. Of course, we are not using bow and arrow and guns and physical methods. The weapons of our warfare are mighty through God. We lift up the word. We preach the word. That word breaks down barriers. Upon you know, of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Gates are defensive. So we are the ones on attack. So when you see things like that, you see oh, people coming from the north down to the south, some will feel threatened. Some say no, opportunity. Opportunity. Once we met a man, a Fulani man, he came to ask us for some money. He didn't know we were Christians, I guess, I mean, like ministers. We just finished in our former venue. We just finished a meeting that they were downstairs just talking. And I just walked up whether we could help him. Now, why I like his story, or why I keep on telling the story, is that he needed money to go and pay the transporters that brought him from somewhere in the north. Full animal. You see his appearance. He's, he speaks English, you no, know, like this, like that. Okay, but he's full and in nature. You couldn't doubt it. So he didn't know who the kind of people. Just said, please, whether we could give him some money. So that day, I remember I was uh, with, um, I think, uh, Mienka and um, one or two other people. So we, I tell him, look, let's give him some money. That this man can't be lying. Now you see what he can't be lying. Before he left, I, I pointed out to the book and I said, what is that? He was holding a Bible. He said, oh, that's my weapon. 
Do you understand that? And he was describing, let me just summarize the story. Persecution was why he left. Persecution. He said the Lord Jesus revealed himself to him. He became a believer. And they had almost killed him. So, he decided that, look, time to move. So he took his wife and his kids. He didn't have any money. Just joined one of the lorries coming down that he would pay when he get here. So those ones kind of held his family hostage, in quote, <laughs> until he would bring money. So he went out to town to come and beg. You think they should block the gate against such people? Next time we saw him, he asked for money to buy things to use to shine shoes. Probably a shine shoe for one of you, one of those people listening to me today. Be kind when you see people. Though. Don't let anybody, don't let them they come and pursue you to start killing people. I'm telling you the truth. Because, hi God, oh, I want to say something that's very terrible. Anybody that touches that guy, you will know God can get angry. That is when you know what they call the anger of God. Let me not tell you the kind of way God will respond to you. Ignorance will not help you that day. Say, I did not know. Say, Why should you have killed anybody in the first place? Why should you have killed somebody who did not offend you? <laughs> when God wants to punish a community, he will send such people there for killing. And you kill them, he will send Romans against you. They will break every house, kill every moving thing. Your dog too will die. And they say, God, what happened? Say, look at the person they killed. The man who ran away from persecution came to look for shelter. Hey, I hope you are getting what I'm going to say here. Listen, there are different ways to respond. Some will say, ah, we're under attack. Some will say, no, we are victors. We are overcomers. And believers, truly, we are overcomers. You should have that perspective. Don't be afraid. We are overcomers. If you are stranded somewhere, it looks like a dangerous place, and you see people come and say they are, they are coming to help. Yes. Declare the way. See, get what I'm going to explain. Stop passing comments according to what you can see. Fear is very bad. Fear is very bad. Fear will not let God work for you. That's why anytime God wants to work, first thing he does is what? Fear not. Because fear reduces his ability in your life. You are, some, you are stranded one day on the road. And it's 11 o'clock. A car stops. Don't run into the bush. Declare they have come to help. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to tell you too many stories. But I heard a testimony of somebody who was helped. Eh? By armed robbers. Yes, yeah, somewhere between ninth, around ninth mile here. His car spoiled at night, maybe around eleven o'clock, eleven thirty. This vehicle just stopped, and some guys just came out. What is the problem? So it's the news that one went down, you know, a bit further away from them. It was like their guard. They helped him as it to jack the car, get this, had him, helped him arrange everything. It was, late. it was after they left, he looked. He realized his boys were armed and they were not policemen. I heard the story because one day he stopped to help one of our brothers. You know who I'm talking about. His wife was stranded in town later. Not very late, but in, in the town. But just saw a woman standing by her car. The car broke down. So he stopped and really went out of his way to help the woman. You know, really, really helped. So they were like, thank you very much. Her husband found out later, thanked him and everything. He was not telling the story of why he started helping people. That even I'm Robert have helped him before. <laughs> when I was serving once, I was coming down to the south. I tried, I served in Taraba State. Um, where's Jonathan? It's on the other side. We served in the same area. 
Not the same time, I mean, just the same area. <laughs> the Lord is good. Anyway, he knows the place, he knows how far it is. So, yeah, it used to take me two days. I do half of my journey stop in Wukari the next day. But because that day I left very early, I, one, of our, one of the men working at our barracks there was traveling, so I felt, so I went with him. We left very, very early. I said, maybe I'll be able to make the journey in one day. Make a long story short. The last place I got to, one town in Okogi, that was when I got stuck. So I took a bike from where the vehicle to, uh, from the from the park. I couldn't get the vehicle to go further. Just one more vehicle I reached home. Now it was getting late, so I just took the I took a bike man. Please help me, now, take me to where the coppers are. I was doing my NYC. So make a long story short, we went from one coppers place to at first I said take me to the hospital. They have a maybe local hospital, a general hospital. I was talking to one of the doctors. They will have a copper. That's how I felt. But after I went from one place to the other. So there was a place we got to. The guy just got angry. Like, why is this person talking nonsense like this? Just turned. Said, let's go. To where? I didn't know. He drove me down or rode me down to his house. That was how his business ended that day. He had one building that didn't have a ceiling. Told me to come down there. I came down. I should go in. He cleared. He left his bed for me. He went out that night. Went and bought, um, I remember... Um, like pepper soup, you know, with meat, brought it, gave me to eat, but the bottle of malt, I remember. Time to sleep, just left me there and left. Next, next morning, early next morning, he came, knocked on the door, gave me a bucket of water. I had to bathe in the open. That's the kind of place he lived in. So quickly, before that guys wake up. <laughs> so I went, had my dad back in the open, took me on the bike again to the park. But now it was early in the, was still early in the morning, the sun wasn't out yet. So, as he was about to drive off, I brought money. He just said, oh, don't worry about it. And I just rode off. He didn't take a dime from me. When I got home that morning, my mother thought she saw a ghost. <laughs> I mean, it was early when I got home. Ah, where are you coming from? You arrived home this early in the morning. Was was around before 11 o'clock. I was already home. Ah, she knew where I was supposed to be coming from. And I told her the story. See, don't be afraid. I'm not saying they don't kill people and kidnap people and put them in pit latrine. They do. But why should that be your portion? Why can't God send you help? That's what I'm saying. Expect help. Expect help. Prophesy help. Help will come to me. That's what you should do. Prophesy help. Expect good. Stop. Don't let the world fill you with, you know. Look, we'll read stories today, eh? God is actually following you about to. He sent angels. They are patrolling with you. Sometimes you drive them away through fear. Every little thing. Mm-mm. They say, guy, relax. Okay, what's going on? Expect help. Expect help. It's one of the things I do. My children leave the house. I, I pray for them. Strangers will help you. Angels will protect you. I mean, how many places can you go? Even if you could go everywhere. Are you a security man? I hope you are getting my point. You know, that day I go home, my mother, when I told my mother the story, she said, oh, my mother used to say, your children would never be stranded. That's what, that's what her own mother used to say to her. Listen, this, this mouth, eh, you can be running commentaries, or like I said, the things that will happen are not out of the things that have already happened. So declare something. See, that's what people don't understand. They think you are not facing facts. You are not facing the reality. See, there are two sets of realities. There's a reality you have seen. 
There's the one that's in the heavens that we are calling into existence. I like the, the, the way um, King James renders that Romans chapter 4, talking about the faith of Abraham. That he, that he believed in God who calls those things that be not as though they were. I like that expression. That is when, and I noticed one day I was studying my Bible, right? I noticed that God has this habit of talking past tense. Funny habit. Instead of saying, I will bless you, I have blessed you. And look, who? Me? Yes, you. A father of many nations, I have made you. That's what it means when they say, cause those things that be not as though they were. That's how God behaves. Join him in declaring it. Listen, he needs those words. You know, I've said this, if you have listened to me enough, you know I've said it more than a thousand times. He needs those words. They are the swords of the spirit. That's what angels fight with. The word of God that you have placed upon your mouth, that you have issued. The Bible says they, they, they hearken unto the voice of his word. Notice that repetition. It didn't say they hearken unto his voice, his word. They hearken unto what? The voice of his word. How do I understand that? It means that word comes first, then somebody takes it and gives voice to it. That's what the angels will collect and use to fight. So things around the, uh, in the environment, stop, stop, stop affirming what is so. You declare what is supposed to be. And listen, the Bible says it to us clearly. You know, sometimes, you know, now, you know, presidential election in America is going on right now. And I have seen this happen. It happened four years ago. I'm not uh, telling you what will happen this time. I just want to use it to explain. Everybody's been saying that Donald Trump is trading in the polls. He's 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 behind. Joe Biden will win. And I keep laughing. Because, but some of the journalists remind us, like the BBC people, they try to be objective. That, well, that you really can't say that was how it was four years ago. Till the night of the election, he was behind in the polls. One of the people that was most surprised that he won was him. (laughs) Yes. They said he was shocked. That when his wife found out they won, she started crying. She thought this thing would pass away. Me, American first lady. She though she's not originally American. She's from Eastern Europe, something like that. Ah. So, the polls, the Bible says, what we happen is not a result of what has already happened. So, truly in life, you really can't predict. You can't predict anything. You can't predict anything. Because prediction is really based on what you have experienced. You can't predict. I've lived long enough to know. You look back. Eh, of course, first, in secondary school, you don't know who will make anything in life. So the ones I was talking to one of my best students, just talking one day, just talking about him. One guy just one of the ladies said, ah, who? I mentioned I said, as soon as I'm surprised, I said, yes. He said he's dead. One of the most brilliant students I've ever taught. She just mentioned the name. Let's just, let just assume the name like uh, okay, just give me one name there. Just, we're just talking. Okay. Let's just say Adam. <laughs> So I just said, Adam said, he said, he said, which Adam? I said, Adam. He said, Adam. Adam. Adam is dead. I said, which Adam? I, just, I said, yes, now he's dead. This was less than three years after he graduated. One of the best students I ever taught. That's the one that died, though. There are many that are alive, they will not amount to anything. That their brightness will disappear. And we tell these stories later. I was the best student here, best, this, best, and children are looking like so. Daddy, this is where it got us to. 
You know what? It's, it's scripture. Look, listen. Go and listen to our series. The Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes. Go and listen to it. Solomon analyzed it very well. And Paul said it like this. I mean, I believe he wrote the book of Hebrews. He said, by faith we have understanding. By that faith we understand that what we see did not come out of the things that were visible. Now, push it forward. That what you are seeing now is not what will determine what will be tomorrow. Do you get the point? So you have a duty to create. You create. You don't just run comments. You create. Today I met a man who said he, from Nigeria, fixed the exchange rate between Naira and one of the major European currencies before the euro came. I forgot how many times. Maybe like, is it 11? I forgot. Maybe 9, 11 or 15 times. I mentioned it that time. He fixed it. He fixed it so much the government there called him. Somebody told their CBN, equivalent of their CBN, and they invited him, say, please, which method are you using? He said he would just sit down. Let's now, I want to use today now as an example, as uh, maybe against, uh, let's say, the dollar, Nigeria against the dollar. He would just sit there, ah, this 400 is not good for me. I'll need it to be like 380 by Friday. I'll prefer it like that. And they will make calls based on the fact that it will be 380 by Friday. And they will explain and explain to him that there's no way. This thing is even going up beyond 400. It's going to 415. They wake up on Friday. They check the exchange rate is 380. He did that maybe like, let me just say 10. Okay, I can't remember the exact number. He did like 10 cons- now, consecutive times. Ah, The people said, no, 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 no. This man must know something we don't know. So they called him. Spoke to one of the top, like in Nigeria, like a, a, a deputy governor of CBN. But explained how he has seen this thing. How do you, how come you know it? He told them the truth. He said, listen, I really don't know it ahead. I ask it. Can I use that expression? I ask God to do it for me, and he does it. They said, no. It's not possible. He said, them, now listen to this. They, they have to wake up in the morning. Check what they call the Nikkei average. That's a Japanese um, stock exchange. Check, okay, let me use Nigeria's, Nigerian stock exchange, the average. They check it around the world. Check the interest rates fixed by the Americans, the one that the Europeans are fixing. They check it every day. They have ways of permutating and calculating and differentiating. And at the end of the day, what, what did they get? A wrong figure. You know, once I was reading, I said I had the article somewhere. They said the chief financial officers, one day they did a study of the projections of the chief financial officers of the best, the top companies in the world. Things like Apple, General Motors, um, Samsung, give me another one, Microsoft, you get my point, Mobile, they are CFOs. They check their predictions concerning the capital market. Once they, know, they put everything together and check how much of it was fulfilled. You know how much of it? 49%. Now, it may look heavy to you. No. If you toss a coin, you will get 50%. If you are just doing two times, two times, two times, you know those kind of things, you will hit 50. With their expert analysis, they were wrong more than half of the times. I don't know whether you get what I'm saying. Think about it well. If they said the dollar will increase in value in six months, at the end of six months, more than half of the times it has dropped. If they say the euro will strengthen against 
the dollar at the end of six months. When they check at the end of six months, this, this, get my point. These are the best of the brains in the world. That's why when the World Bank tells you something, don't think it's a spirit, it's people. When I say World Bank projections, laugh. World Bank is not a supercomputer. It's human beings like you. If you too got a job in World Bank, you are amongst those who will say it. I remember those days, Professor Aluko. I don't, I don't know how many people remember Professor Sam Aluko. He's an economist, all right, from, I think, Ekiti or Undo. And they then Undo State. When they were doing this uh, structural adjustment thing and deregulation and all of that, the man was against it. So the thing that World Bank said this, I was watching an interview that day. He said, World Bank. He said, what do you, no, IMF. He said, what do you mean by IMF? He almost mentioned their names. Say, this were my mates in school, and I beat them in class. That we're in London Business School together. What are you telling me? Like, stop. He was just irritated. Don't stop quoting them for me. I know as much as they do. They are human beings. And I'm telling you on this matter, they are wrong. When we're in class, I was right more than them. You yeah, see, human beings will not afford it to you. Have you seen what World Bank said about your country? Why do you regard World Bank officials whose breath is <laughs> in their nostrils? The man said, he said to them, I don't calculate it. I asked the Lord to fix it. They didn't know how to stomach that. He said, that is the truth. Listen to me. That's what I'm trying to explain to us. Stop projecting based on what has been seen. You make requests and you make declarations. Make your request, then declare the word of God. Let me quickly say that. Christians, Try your best to avoid declaring your own thoughts. You can make your requests. Your declaration must be what? The word of God. You need a hundred thousand naira in two days. Ask God about it. Now, this is what we call confession. I receive a hundred thousand. I receive a hundred thousand. I receive a hundred thousand. I receive a hundred. That's what we call confession. Can I just give you a different thought? That's not really confession. The seed is what? I receive a hundred thousand, not the word of God. I need a hundred thousand naira in two days. I get on my knees, Father God. Because of this, this, and this, and this, I have to have a hundred thousand naira in less than 48 hours. I'm asking you to supply it in Jesus' name. That's a prayer. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Then there was the next thing you do. You start declaring. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Don't mention 100,000. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The young lions may suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord will not lack anything good. Declare that one. I hope you're getting my point. I have the peace of God that passes all understanding. Declare that one. What I've told you, I don't want to teach on it now, is very crucial. That's why a lot of us make mistakes. We think it's a special, um, you know, trait of being a believer to be able to spell out details. Because I've been in situations where in two days' time, God didn't send a hundred thousand naira. He wiped out the need. It doesn't have to do it the way you say you should do it. Sometimes, (laughs) it's an exam. You need to pay. A day before that day, you get a notice, COVID-19 examination <laughs> suspended indefinitely. 
Do you see the 100,000 there? No. At least not for the next five months. Because this was in March. <laughs> We're in August now. Uh, you're getting my point. That's why you don't go, hey, I receive 100,000 in the name of Jesus. I claim 100,000. Make your requests concerning 100,000 naira. Then make your declaration of the word of God. Christians have a habit of, some even go, say, I receive 100,000 naira. 1,000 naira, 1,000 naira knows 50 pieces. <laughs> <laughs> 20 pieces, 100,000. And they say it's detailed confession. Hey, look. You have to be specific. How can you be specific in the midst of ignorance? Does it make sense? Think about it. <laughs> what do you know? You want to be specific concerning what you don't know? You can't be specific in the midst of your ignorance. You can make your requests. You are allowed to make mistakes concerning requests. But don't make a mistake concerning your declaration. And not to make that mistake, take the word, plant it on your lips. Sow it in your environment. The seed is? Answer me like you're alive. The seed is? Thank you. The seed is not your needle. It's the word of God. So don't plant your need. Don't even plant the fulfillment of your need. Plant what? The word of God. You make a request concerning finances. It's good. But your declaration must be his word. It must not be focused on your need. The doctor can decide that you are sick in an area. You don't know. The doctor does not even know. You don't know that? Yeah, sometimes doctors make wrong diagnosis. If you know the rate of wrong diagnosis with the best equipment, you run. And the shorter the doctor is, the higher is his failure rate in diagnosis. The best are never sure. Oh, the older they are, they've seen. Those ones that never, since young, young boys who just come diagnose all kinds of things. Just come out to give you one fat diagnosis. Just look at his age. <laughs> but I have this habit. Sometimes people that I know, they just say, doctor said, I said, scan the prescription. One day my sister scans the prescription and sent it to me. I looked at it, I called, I said, throw it in the dustbin. <laughs> Literally, I said, throw that thing in the dustbin. I said, go and buy paracetamol, drink a lot of water, you will be fine. The guy, ah, I said, man, these boys are bold. <laughs> these boys are bold. I see it all the time. Ah, I said, what did you tell him? He said, I told him I've been having a headache like this. I said, Drink paracetamol and go and sleep. Drink a lot of water. Eat. When you wake up, you'll be fine. She did as I have said, and she was fine. But the young, the young boy with his tight white coat. <laughs> See the long list. The older ones just look. They all look. They've seen all kinds of things. You think he's this? Mm, ah, you think he's not sure. <laughs> It's just that God has confounded him so many times in his life. <laughs> so he's, not, he's more mellow. He's more humble. He, he's, more, he's more thoughtful. It's okay. I think this is what it is. So, so we're going to treat you for this. Come back in three days. Let me check. But I know some people, they are very young. When you say, no, this is, even if you come and say, talk, it did not work. No, he didn't take the message. I took everything. Say, no. Are you telling me? I don't know what I'm saying. Ah, 
Okay, are you the one that is sick? <laughs> the Lord is good. So that's why sometimes we don't go. You can pray about your health, but don't, you don't need to focus on what that guy said. Just take the word of God. Himself took my infirmities and my diseases. By his stripes, I have been healed. That one, we diagnose. No, the word of God is alive and active. It is diagnosed. Sometimes you, won't dec- you declare it and you are not even sick, you think. But it has gone because our teaching is that many cancers you find, they've been there for long, that is, they've been there for the last five years, six years, seven years. But the person felt it for the first time three months ago. So many people will get cancer in seven years' time. They have it now, they don't know. They are still feeling hairy. They are feeling pipe. They are feeling tough. But as a believer, no, the, nothing is hidden from the word. Nothing is hidden from the eyes of him with whom we have to do. He goes in there, he cuts it, burns it, and throws it away. And like I said last time, he's not a showman. He won't tell you about it. He won't say, hmm, do you know your enemies are about to kill you? <laughs> Just thank me, I saved you last week. <laughs> don't say do that. He'll just bless you and let you be. So what do we do? We sow the word all the time. We sow the word all the time. The Lord is good. So that's what we've been doing, all right? Making it a habit to speak the word, sow it into our environment constantly, not waiting for when there will be trouble, not waiting for when calamity will come for us to not start attacking it. We pray for ourselves by sowing the promises of God which contain all his provisions. We sow those promises around us all the time. We wake up in the morning. Remember we say we must be full of what? Thanksgiving. We must be full of what? Thanksgiving. God has been doing things for you. He formed you in your mother's home where you did not know how to pay him for anything. And it's on credit. And what is the payment? Thank you. That's all. Thank you. Just tell him thank you. And that thank you is not, it's not like he's looking for it. Somebody thank me. Somebody thank me. No. He just wants people to acknowledge it. Because if you acknowledge it, you open the pathway for a greater amount of his blessings to flow into your life. Remember to give God thanks all the time. Give him. No matter who does good to you, for you. Remember, there's none good but God. God used the person. Don't die for the individual. Do you hear what I said? Show gratitude, show appreciation, but be full of thanksgiving to the Lord. Never forget that. So that's what we do. We are full of thanksgiving, and we plant that word of God in our lips constantly. So over the last uh, few meetings, we've, we, we took time out to declare the word concerning health, concerning um, productivity and divine supplies. And to those, today I want us to go on to some other things. Now, the foundation for the things we do is information. Yeah. Let me say it again. The foundation for the things we do is what? Information. And that's why God comes all the time to give information when he wants to talk to people. He will come and say, I am God and there is none else. Do you get my point? He will tell Abraham, I am your shield and your what? Exceedingly great reward. Not... um, uh, what's the name of that other king? What are the, what's the name of the, the kings around Abraham? All those other people, they are not your reward. I am your shield 
And what? Your exceedingly great reward. He will say, I am God and there is none else. God gives information a lot. The reason is because what we operate by is what? Information. When Adam and Eve said to him, we were naked. First question is, who told you? Because you operate by what? Information. I reasoned about it. Satan told, you know, the Bible is very concise. Sometimes it will give you a sentence that will explain many things that happened before that I didn't write clearly. Satan, they didn't eat that fruit and Satan went away. No. He began to give them lectures. Now that you have eaten the fruit, let me now tell you the next thing. Ah, why people look like this? Go and dress up. Why? You are naked. We are? Yes, you are naked. You never knew. Oh, 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 oh. Your eyes were blind. Now, go and dress up. What do we need? There's a revelation inside that. They went and he told them which kind of leaves to take. How to cover themselves. When the Lord comes, don't stand here. Don't stand here. Now you are wise. If you stand here, he shows that you are still subservient. You will go somewhere else. Let him call you. You are a man of your own. Those things that they were doing, somebody told them. So that's when they began, when they opened their mouth and began to speak. God said, Who told you? Who have you been listening to? Oh, the enemy. How come you were able to hear that, that suggestion? Did you eat? That's the way it goes. What you eat determines what you can hear. <laughs> Do you follow my point? Now, why am I bringing up the issue? Information is very crucial. It determines how we react to things. That's why Jesus will tell them things ahead of time. So that their hearts will not be troubled. So I've told you these things now so that your hearts will not be troubled. So when they were going into persecution, they were not surprised. He warned them about it ahead of time. When the armies began to surround Jerusalem, they were not surprised. He told them about it ahead of time. He told them when, when to rejoice because their redemption will be coming. He explained all of those things to them. He gave them information. Information is what is required to make the right decision. That accurate information. Physical information is not good enough. We need to get physical information. No, not we need to get. We have physical information. But we have to add to it what? Spiritual information. It is based upon that. You know, one brother told me something the other day. I was quite excited. I said, I have to start listening to myself again. That is, I don't know. I don't know about you. How many of you are preachers in the house? I don't know how much you enjoy listening to yourself. It's not very, but it's a good discipline, I found out. The brother sent, said to me that, ah, there's this thing you said, and I really got insight from it. I said, tell me the thing I said now. How can you just say, there's this thing you said? And I explained it to me. I said, please, I need to hear it. He explained. And, you know, it's the kind of thing, if, you, if I heard it somewhere else, I would have written it down. But he told me, he, just, he told me the message he heard it from. I said, hey, oh, wow. I said, my brother, I think I have to start listening to myself. He said, I think you should. <laughs> I told, he said, yes. He not quoted somebody for me who the Lord told that directly. So I'm, I'm, I've decided once in a while, just listen to one pastor. And actually, the first time I did that, I was so blessed. I was so blessed. I was so blessed. Really, I was blessed. Don't assume I know everything I'm telling you. Many of them I don't know. 
There was a time my wife asked me, said, why don't you tell me these things? I said, what? Like this kind of thing you preach today. I said, that one. I was hearing the same time you were hearing it. You think that I... <laughs> oh, you think I went there, I planned it? She was surprised. Ah, we talk all the time. You don't tell me some of these things. I'll just be hearing it like a JJC when you are preaching. I said, my sister, don't be angry. As you were hearing it, so was I hearing it. And sometimes you heard it, I didn't. Not joking. Not joking. Many of you have come to me before. Ah, that thing you said, you don't know, I'm just being nice. I'm looking at you and smiling. That thing I said, me, are you sure? It was not the day you came to preach, me. No, you, you now said this, you now said this, and I <laughs> thank God. You don't know the confusion you have brought upon my soul. I'm just wondering. But because it's a good thing, I don't deny it, you know. <laughs> if it's a bad thing, I will provoke you. Know? <laughs> but because it's a good thing, I'll just be quiet as you are healing and healing and thanking God for my life. And I'm just saying, mm, we thank God. You don't know that I'm wondering, when did I say that? I know that I forgot who did that to me recently. That was a few months ago. I can't remember who now. Person sat down, explained. Then you said this one, and I realized that what God was saying, and I took this action. Then there's another thing you said. Then immediately after that, you said this. I was, I was, I was confounded. Which meeting? Me? Now testimony, the person they give you testimony. Ah, we really thank God. We thank God. And there's another thing you said. We are walking on right now. I said, Amen. Just leave it. So I've decided to be listening to myself too. Amen? So if you're a preacher, try and listen to yourself. Just make sure that you're not talking nonsense yet. <laughs> anyway, back to our message. So, now, I'll tell you something about information, right? Now, what our brother reminded me of that, that he said I said is this. That when I say, be it unto you according to your faith. That I explained and, I, and I, of course, when he explained that, I understood that that was true. I couldn't remember saying it, but I said that is very true. That when, when, when Jesus said, be it unto you according to your faith, that I wasn't saying, be it unto you according to what you want. What I mean is this. I want a brown face towel. Be it unto you according to your faith. Receive a brown face towel. I said, no. I said, that's not what happened. That faith is a system. I hope you're getting my point. That be it unto you, or unto you according to your system of beliefs, according to your, you know, your knowledge of God, according to the structure, spiritual structure that is inside your heart. Be it unto you. It is not when you have a need that is be it unto you because I'm expecting the fulfillment of that need. I don't know whether you're getting my point. That is, for example, if I say I want, and I'm talking about that today, divine protection. Okay. If all the while, when there's crisis in southern Kaduna, I blame the head of state and their governor and the chief of army staff. When there's trouble around me, I blame the neighborhood watch. A trouble happens, I never ascribe the cause of anything to the spiritual realm. Then the day I'm in trouble, it it now becomes impossible for me to ask for what? Divine protection. So be it unto me according to to my faith. So God will say, better call the police. Why? That is your faith. Your help lies with man. Be it unto you according to your faith. All the while, and that's, one, that's why you must exercise faith regularly. And where you start from is thanksgiving. 
You don't whine, you don't complain. You practice your faith with thanksgiving. Because if all the while you have ascribed success to the environment, the day dollar goes down to the one I heard it did last week, is it 490, I don't know, whatever it is, your heart will fail. Your heart will fail. Your heart will fail. And if your heart fails, you can't succeed because you can't even get up to go and work. But if every time you have believed that, no, not from the east, not from the west, and not from the south comes exaltation. God is judge. He brings that one and lifts up another. That has been your faith. If that has been your faith, if that has been your faith, God will say, be it unto you according to your faith. The naira crashes to 550 naira against the dollar. You don't do anything. You will get up, go about your business. In the midst of that, you will see new opportunities. Those opportunities did not come by chance. Listen to this. They were spiritually created because of your faith. Listen, don't be expecting things according to what you can see. Just know the God of heaven has not exhausted the wisdom in his wardrobe. (laughs) You get my point. In his arsenal, there's a lot of wisdom. There's a lot of wisdom. There is a lot of wisdom. The Bible says he kept them for the upright. There are some things that we not listen. The Pharaoh and Joseph became richer in Egypt as long as a famine lasted. I hope you get my point. At the end, look at the end of the first um, two years of famine, the people had so they were still spending their money. So Joseph collected money. After a few years, they began to sell what their land. So he collected the land. After, towards the end, they didn't have money again. They didn't have land again. They were not selling what? Themselves. So the longer the famine lasted, the richer Pharaoh and Joseph became. Don't assume it's natural. It was created spiritually. I pray we get this point. There is so much wisdom that God wants to release. We hold it back through what? Whining, grumbling, and fear. You sit up at night. Your wife will say, honey, what is the problem? She said, I don't understand where this dollar is going. Listen, let me, you know what they call sin? Iniquity. Transgression. Trespass. Which other word did we use on Friday? <laughs> eh? <laughs> Wickedness. Staying up at the way, awake at night to worry about the cost of the naira and the dollar against each other is what they call sin. Is a sin. What did I say? Is a sin. I'm not joking. Don't say, Pastor Bank, you are preaching. No, I'm telling you the truth. It is a sin. What should you do? Close your eyes and sleep. I've lived long enough to see this thing slide all the time, and I have not become poorer. It doesn't shorten my life one bit. Nothing. That's what the Bible calls with Him there is no variableness or shadow of turning. Let me tell you what it means. Variableness means he is changing his mind. Shadow of turning means that circumstances make it impossible for him to do what he wants to do, so he changes it. That's no shadow of turning. Variableness is an internal change. Shadow of turning is change com, com, uh, com, uh, compelled. 
by circumstances. So he said, with God, there is no variableness, neither is there what? Shadow of turning. Why it appears like there is shadow of turning with him is because of us. So God gives us what? Information. We operate by information. What's the information we are discussing today? Let me go straight to it. Life, physical life, is not all there is to it. I feel like saying it, angels are real. What did I say? Angels are real. Because today what, what we want to do is to sow the words of divine protection. Angels are what? Real. There is no chance in life. One day when you are reading your Bible, try and think of what is going on in the nation right now. And think of what the Bible wrote about concerning Israel, um, Judah, a man like Job. You will see that they were what the cattle rustlers. They were the ones that attacked Job. Yes, it happened then. Natural disaster happened to him. None of these things are accidents. The things you see now, the very things that God will prophesy, all right, against Judah, against Jerusalem, against Israel, you see them happening now. But when we respond, it shows we don't really realize that the Bible stories were real. When Israel will face it, the solution also always was what? Repentance. It was always, you think they didn't know how to raise an army? They did. There was no peace to him that went out or him that came in. But with great vexation, God did vex them roundabout. When we face that vexation, what do we do? We blame the government. We blame the president. We blame the inspector general of police. Let natural people do the blaming. You, spiritual person, what should you do? do? My people who are called by my name, what should they do? They should humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. And stop pointing fingers that somebody else is wicked, but they are innocent. Be it unto you according to what? Your faith. You have to start your faith from that place. You have to. Your faith, that is when you can actually invoke divine protection. That is when you can invoke divine intervention. You can't spend all the time laying blame at the feet of humans. People with breath in their nostrils. Staying up tribal resentments. And then you want to turn to God and say, protect us. Because say, listen, if you start in the spirit, finish in the spirit. If you start in the flesh, what do you do? Finish in the flesh. Don't mix the two. That's what God is saying. If you want my intervention, understand the spiritual foundation for the things that you are saying. If you want to insist that they are all physical, then you have to go for physical intervention to solve the problem. But what am I going to explain? Spiritual things are real. What did I say? Spiritual things are real. What did I say? I want to read the particular portion of the scriptures. Well, I want to read this just to bring out the particular principle. Mark chapter 6. And that's what I want to do today. Just help us. Let's just tell stories. Oh, have I, I think I've explained this before. Oh, well, I can explain it again. Learn to tell stories and read stories. What did I say? Learn to tell 
my book of Bible stories. Remember that Jehovah's Witness book? Every home should have it. My wife bought at the time. I think we bought a number of copies. Yeah, okay, I was not I bought it, I remember. I got, I got a number of copies. Very good. If you have young children, make sure they, 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 everybody should, they, each one should have a copy each, inside their bed. Read the stories. My book of Bible stories. If you have skill. Ah, there's one of our sisters. She's an excellent writer. Excellent. I should tell her. Write a book of Bible stories. Yes. Adults will read it too. But write it for children too. In fact, write it more for children. Let it be plenty. Write stories. And if you're a person of faith, you're able to write it with and help people build up their faith when they are reading it. Read stories. As a young boy on campus, a young student, Christian, I learned a lot reading stories. I look back, it's, it's, those stories, they sank me into the spiritual. Let me put that expression. They made me want to know. They made spiritual things real to me. Little books like, um, simple books like, um, I Dare to Call Him Father by Bukis Sheikh. Simple book. Books like The Gentle Breeze of Jesus, Meltari, God Smuggler. You understand? There are a lot of little, little books like that. That they just told you testimonies of people's lives. You know, I remember when I read um, Angels on Assignment. You understand? Roland Bock. There are a lot of books like that. Those things, of course, oh, Kenneth Hagin, his life, you know, his teachings are stories. He makes one statement. He said, I remember in 1956, 2 o'clock on Tuesday, the 7th, he will give it to you. He tells a lot of stories. Those stories were, I mean, till now, I enjoy when he tells, I still listen to those his stories. When I talk about demon possession, tells you real stories. Lots of them. Please get those books. Adventures in God by um, John G. Lake. Get that book. Little bit too so they boost your faith. They do. Listen to this. When you hear stories of deliverance, eh? Re- tell them modern stories. When you hear stories of bad things, you are not CNN. You are not calamity news network. Be the first to know. Some people, eh? They are, I, I know one guy like that. Once he falls something, even a video, I don't download it. Even a link, I don't click on it. But if he writes it short distance, my eye would have finished scanning it. And occasionally I yap him, I say, Shay, you are happy now. Once something bad happens, especially in Nigeria. Some people just like to forward bad stories. Let me just, first, you won't see me forward you bad stories. If I want to forward you anything, is that a teaching? An encouragement? And you know, some people say, eh, forward this, forward this, forward this. If it is a joke, now you will forward it. I say, ah, bros, if it's a joke, I will laugh and I will forward it. This your prayer point is a, is a fear point. You know, who must forward prayer point to you when it's a fear point. Pray, pray, pray. Headsmen are attacking one village in one Kunkurukuru village in one, you don't know the place. That thing was forwarded two years ago. They are still forwarding it till now. Koragosh is burning. I'm sure of you see got it recently by Joyce Mayer. 
Jasmine does not know Korago. She does not. That place burnt seven years ago, and they are still forwarding it till today. Even on this prayer point, I have a funny habit. If I receive it, it looks like a bad thing. I don't forward it. I will pray my prayer. Thank you. God can answer only me. Like, according to Israel, has a particular friend. I don't like to popularize his message because he says some things are very bad. But generally, he preaches good message sometimes. He said that, <laughs> he said, God will not answer your prayer because you ganged up on him. So let's get enough people. Let's gang up on God. If you forward a bad prayer point to me, I collect it. The only person I share with is, for better, for worse, for richer, for, for poorer, my wife. So I will give it to her. I ain't forwarding it to anybody. Because only me praying is enough. I don't know where I get my point. You that forwarded to me were ready to. Plus my wife. How many will be? Three. It's enough now. If God can answer three of us, he won't answer. How many people? Look, when God wanted to destroy the whole of um, Israel, how many people begged him? One person. Moses. He said, I, I sought for how many men? One. A man. So fall to the whole world. It doesn't make any difference. According to Israel's friend, you want to gang up on God so you can get one million people praying. God will be forced to answer. Only Moses persuaded him. I hope you're getting my point. Uh This is what I'm trying to say. Stop forwarding bad news. You are killing the faith of people. And God will hold you responsible when some people's faith die. Four things that encourage people. I hope you're getting my point. Four things that when you hear a testimony of deliverance, forward it, shout it loud, shout it loud. Say to the cities of Zion, behold what your God can do. If they kidnap one man and he died, you are not CNN. You are not the obituary announcer. Do you get my point? If they kidnap one man and the kidnappers got confused, and he escaped. Tell us his story. Because what I want to say is not a joke. If we have it in our hearts, strong, that God delivers even from the den of kidnappers, we will not be afraid. And if we are not afraid, their hands are paralyzed. Spiritual truth, I told you there. Spiritual truth, not a joke. Don't think, you know some people say, eh, you just want people to be careful. They, all you are doing is scaring people. They are, not, they are not more careful now than before they heard your story. One man was going on the road. As he was going on the road, his tire now spoiled. He now said, let him go and look for one stone to wedge it. As he carried the stone, the serpent now beat him, and he now died. Listen, check every stone before you carry it. Something is worrying your head. <laughs> some, some people are just sick. You think you have helped me? Don't you read your own Bible? Paul took a stick to light fire. A dangerous serpent fastened itself on his hand, on his arm. The people of the village, the island, they were so sure that this man would die. They said he must be a, a wicked man. That even though he did not drown in the sea, God would not let him go free. He has sent a serpent to kill him. So all of them gathered to be watching how the man will swell and die. And human beings, they will, listen to me, they will change your, their minds about you. Somebody say amen. amen. After I went, they didn't die. He said, it must be a God. <laughs> human beings, tell me that story. Stop telling me. I'll not be telling my children, hey, before you see stone, check on that. Go and buy a, Of course, some people will now come and say, oh, we are selling snake scanner. 
Snake scanning app for your phone. Download for one five. And everybody will download them before they find fixed tone. You know, I say crazy people just. <laughs> because of you. Now you tell them the story now. No, 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 no. A lot of those men like I just say, you think you are helping people. You're just scaring them. Always put a scripture to start your stories. Put a scripture to end it. Say, this will not be your case in the name of Jesus. Remember, you are a child of God. Paul is your brother. He is one person that... Just tell that story. Remember, this will not happen to you. There's the story of Ebola, they kill people. The, the, that, time, that Ebola time, one story there that I liked. I love that story. You know, Ebola came into Nigeria. God helped us. was pushed back. But in fact, a lot of people killed a number of people. All right? But there was one young, young doctor then that Ebola couldn't kill. Either a doctor or a nurse. Anyway, a health worker. Ebola got this girl down. She was in, in the isolation center. She told the story. The doctor came to them, showed them their drip, said, this is your life. That is like, because the area is one of the major things that kills. Showed them what to do and everything. She was there. One other side of the story, people didn't hear, was her husband. They were believers. She could hold a phone. The man was on the phone at the other end constantly declaring the word of God. Declaring the word of God. Day and night. Ah, my wife is not going to die. He will call the girl, hearing her voice, lead her in prayer constantly. She lived. She lived. Then she was living. What they used to do is they wash thoroughly, collected the phone, books, everything. They burned them. You can't go live with anything. He says, okay. And she went back home. She was alive. I like me that kind of story. I will forward. I will forward in the morning, forward at noon, forward at night, forward to you a second, and just in case you don't read the first time, I forwarded it. Build faith in your heart. Read stories like that. So I put that from Ebola. Is there a God not awake? I don't know. Why do people like to just look for excuses to fail? You hear them say that, uh, what are you trying to say? That those who died, they didn't believe God. That's a problem between them and their God. There are 50 reasons people die. But me, I, I don't want to die now. Simple. The people that died, they are the God. The ones that lived, they are the God. I have the God that keeps people alive. Amen? Let's leave it like that. People will just be looking for how to explain away good things. Anytime you hear a good story, tell it loud. If it's a bad one, leave it. I don't forward bad things to people. I forward the encouraging words, scripture, the word of God, words of righteousness, for the testimonies, and jokes, things to make you laugh. Why? Mark chapter 6. I hope you can get to the place I want us to get to today, if we can't, well, we'll finish it next time. But let's just begin it today. Talking about stories. Because what I wanted to do today was just read a number of stories, but I just felt like charging us with these words. Mark chapter 6. Aha, uh-huh, okay. Well, let's start from verse 45. After they had multiplied um, in verse 42, they did all eat and were filled. They had... Um, 
five loaves and two fish there. And as they took up 12 baskets left over, in verse 43, of the fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about 5,000 men. And straight away, he constrained his disciples to get into the ship. Sorry, just a second. I'm just missing a few things here. I just want to change the translation I like to use. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side to Bethsaida, while he himself was sending the crowd away. After bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. While it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the sea. He was alone on the land. Seeing them straining at the oars, for the wind was against them, at about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea, and he intended to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed that it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. But he got, then he got into the boat with them, and the wind stopped, and they were utterly astonished. For they had not gained any insight from the incident of the loaves, but their hearts, their heart was hardened. If you read that King James, there's an expression King James uses. He said they did not consider the miracle of the loaves, but their hearts were what? Hardened. Now, that's, where I'm getting, that's what I wanted to bring out from there. They did not understand the significance of that miracle. That is, their hearts were hard. For that reason, when they saw Jesus, they didn't expect much from him. Now, I don't know whether you're getting my point. What I'm get, get, trying to bring out is this. The things that God had done before, those things are supposed to help us believe God for greater things. I don't know whether you're getting where I'm going. Now, what I wanted is that word consider that King James uses. That people need to consider testimonies of what God has done before. That opens them to greater things that God can do. That's the scripture I just wanted to bring out from there. That's the foundation for many things I have said up till now. That is the last few minutes. That is, we must learn, okay? Anytime you hear, see a testimony of God's deliverance, sit on it. Sit on it. Remember, we said it is, it is to us according to what? Faith is not what you expect. It is your system of believing. It is your system of reasoning concerning the spiritual. It is your system of reasoning concerning things that are going on around you. That is what faith is. Now, like I said, time is really kind of, kind of behind in time matters now. All right? Okay, let me just take a few minutes. Because what I wanted to do today, where I was going, is to take stories. Like I said, just three stories. Take a few stories and just talk about it. Nothing, the stories don't have to, they don't have to be new. Simple stories. Let's take one. Let's see how far we can go. We can come back next time and continue reading more stories. Is this information that's required to build faith? We walk by information. So God supplies us with what? Information. And he's telling us to go and get information. Deliverance is in the hands of God. God's angels are around. Angels are real. They come here a lot. As a matter of fact, have you seen them? Not really. Personally, I haven't. But there are people that have seen them. 
True. People are escorted by angels. I have many testimonies, credible testimonies concerning angels. They probably have delivered me. Maybe I've seen them before, just didn't recognize them. And I'm convinced a large number of people physically present here this evening, they have encountered angels, but most did not recognize. I hope you're getting my point. They deliver people. When they do, they show up in all kinds of ways. They can look like human beings. Sometimes they don't look like they can look. You, you think it's just a simple tree. It's an angel. Sometimes it looks like a piece of metal. I told the, bro- the brother who was shot at close quarters by thugs. Let me just use that expression. And the man witnessing it saw that they shot him and he died. That's the witness. The one that had been planted there to tell the stories. But when God intervened, he was not injured. They looked for the bullet. They found it inside the door of the car. Where he had just wound up a few minutes before. And raised the mechanism that lifts the glass up and down at a particular level. That thing caught the bullet. And when he told the story, I realized what happened. And then he blocked it with his hand. Dropped it there. So how do we explain it? Put the glass there. I don't know whether you are getting my point. That's how they work. They work in strange ways. But because our declarations, the one where I plan for today, is concerning divine protection. Because when you hear things around, you get alarmed. When you are traveling to Abuja, don't travel low. They kidnap on the road. Did they kidnap on the road? Yes. Have people been killed on the road? Yes. Bosses of people people have been taken. They had to build themselves with millions of naira. Yes. It's happened. Will it happen to you? No. Why? Because an angel will go with you. The presence of God will go with you. On a bad day, not for you, for them. No, there are different kinds of angels. Some angels, their own job is to deliver you safely. There are different kinds of angels. There are angels, the God, job God gave them is deliver him safely. Let her get there safely. So they will just wrap you around and get to where you are going safely. Sometimes you will fall asleep. You will not know anything bad thing happened on the road. On a bad day for the troublemakers, they send angels that they don't have a job of just delivering people safely. safely. They are only destroy the enemies. Their angels will just carry you, wrap you around, and carry you to where you are going. Some other ones, no. Their own is that the Lord said, stay there, back to sender angel. You know they call back to sender angel. <laughs> that anyone that attacks this child of mine or the vehicle she's in must not go home alive. So the angel said, good. Then God does strange things. He will not go and incite some troublemakers. Say, do you want to kidnap? They will say, yes. <laughs> you must be plenty. You know, police full road now. So they will go and gather. They will now be 50. Then when that child of God is coming, the spirit will now say, yeah, move under the road. Knowing fully well that the angel for the day is the one that God said, go to the Assyrian camp. One night, one eighty-five thousand soldiers. It is the one that's on duty for the day. Let me tell you, child of God, God has planted you here to bless people. When you enter a vehicle, look at everybody. They say you are blessed. They won't know what you mean. 
What you are saying is that I'm in here. You are blessed. I've been blessed to be what? A blessing. So that particular day, God planted you as an instigator of divine vengeance. So next thing, somebody will block the road. Then you know God doesn't want you to be troubled. That angel will blow on your face five minutes before you fall asleep. Bam! Then while you are sleeping, you now get to work. As they block the road, he will manifest as a truckload of soldiers, fully armed, escorting CBN, you know, CBN money. You know those, <laughs> you know those ones that escort CBN money? Yes. Remember that they were going to have a clicky? We're going on the way. We didn't know that that uh, any, any place could be blocked. From here to Abakrik is one hour. I was supposed to have preaching by five. This was just uh, a few minutes to four, <laughs> like 3.45. We got to that place and found the road blocked. Next time we blocked us, it was two hours. The other time is 45 minutes. That day we looked. We're supposed to be somewhere in a, less than an hour to start preaching, and we are not even left in the We're seeing them in what do we do? We're still looking. The next thing we heard was, a boy governor with the whole retinue of security men. They just passed by us with their policemen, you know, we have run out, out of the road, blocked the road. We just joined the convoy for back. <laughs> it's the will of God. We just joined the convoy behind. Until we cleared that place after, then, do I need to tell you, after we passed pass the place blocked again. They kept on blocking, amen. <laughs> Sometimes that's how angels appear. So that particular day, God just tells me, you know, they are plenty, when they are escorting that the CBN money, you know, those armed, angry looking mobile policemen, those ones will just show up that day. For one reason or the other, they will see the kidnappers before the kidnappers will see them. And then they will open fire. After shooting 30 dead, they say at 20 ran away, they will jump down and catch everybody. You know what you were doing? Sleeping. They will clear the road. Then you wake up when you get up. Ah, that was a very nice journey. Sometimes God does something for you. He will never tell you the story. But because of you, he has freed every traveler on that road. Listen to me. I'm telling real stories. He does that. What did I say? He does that. He does. Let's, let's just read one story, okay? Because of time. We'll continue reading more stories if God allows us next time. Second Kings chapter 15. Fact, is that the one we should read? Okay, let's, we'll read two. Second Kings chapter 15. I just want us to read stories of divine intervention in protecting his people. When Jacob was going back home, Laban chased after him. God came to Laban at night and warned him. God is warning the people who are plotting against you. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. No, I believe that thing very, very strongly. I believe it strongly. I don't want God to give me too much information. Just give me the scripture. So I can sleep and don't be praying on necessary prayers. We just declare God's word. The children and my wife and I will do that. Just take a scripture. Everybody meditate on it. There's something I taught them in the house. I said, meditation involves two things. One, your mouth. And two, movement. So when you see us in the house, we look like juju men. Why? Because everybody must... 
That's how I do my own. <laughs> so when I come, I do like this. Just, I said, just do anything to keep yourself awake. Declare the scripture, each verse, five times. We are reading Psalm 91. No evil will befall me. No plague will come near our dwelling place. We are rocking, rocking, declaring the word. I said, it's good to have some jujuic <laughs> habits. Yeah, really, because as, a, as an African, it helps you. <laughs> Sometimes put water there, declare, when you finish, pour it on your head. Amen. <laughs> Called divine protection. <laughs> the Lord is good. The protection is not in the water, just to make you feel happy. The protection is where? In the word of God. Second Kings chapter 15. Alright. Which verse are we going to? We are looking at the story of Elisha. He said, Alas, my master. Okay, chapter 6, sorry. Yes. Chapter 6. Verse 11. It said, Now the heart of the king of Aram was enraged over this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you tell me which of us is for the king of Israel? One One of his servants said, No, my lord. He said, No, my lord, O king. It is not also... Is Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel. He tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. And he said, go and see where he is, that I may send and take him. Now, just by the way, some people are very funny. They just told you, this man. <laughs> Foolishness is a bad thing. They just told you, this man hears everything. He said, go, go, go. He said, to hide So, and he, was, and he was told him, saying, Behold, he's in Dothan. And he sent chariots and horses and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. Now, when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses, not one or two soldiers, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered. Everybody read the next three words for me. Say it again. Do not fear. Thank you. He said, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Information. Information. It was the reason why he was not afraid. Then Elisha prayed and said, oh Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw. Somebody say information. What did he see? Behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. They had an army with horses and chariots. Remember that? Now, this one was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. When they came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike these people with blindness, I pray. So he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Let me pray a funny prayer for you. All the people plotting evil and surrounding your mountain, they are, sur- they are smitten with blindness. Amen. Yes, it's good. You know what that blindness does? Confusion. Physically, they could see. The people were not physically blind. Look at it. They thought they were seen. They thought they were seen. 
Then Elisha said to them, this is not the way, nor is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man who you seek. They couldn't recognize Elisha. They have been struck with blindness. And he brought them into the enemy's territory, to Samaria. And when they, came into, when they had come into Samaria, Elisha said, Oh Lord, open the eyes of these men. They thought they were seen all the while. That they may see. So the Lord opened their eyes and they saw. And behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. Then the king of Israel, when he saw them, said to Elisha, My father, shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? Elisha answered, You shall not kill them. Will you kill those you have taken captive with your sword and with your bow? He said, no, set bread and water before them, that they may eat and drink and go to their master. He didn't tell them to die by fire. Amen? Amen. So he prepared a great feast for them, and when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away. And they went to their master, and the marauding bands of Arameans did not come into the land of Israel again. The Lord is good. I like this story. Why do I like this story? Because it shows that even though Elisha was alone with his servant, they were not armed. They appeared like they could not take care of themselves against an army. God has an angel surrounding the mountain. If that servant was not there, I imagine that Elisha would not have woken up at all. They just continued sleeping. Whether you see them or not, God's chariots are around your house. Whether you see them or not, they are around your car. Whether you see them or not, they are around the vehicle that you are in. Whether you see them or not, they are with you when you are walking on the road. Don't be afraid. Please turn to your neighbor. Tell the person, don't be afraid. afraid. Tell the person, fear not. not. Tell somebody else, fear not. not. Listen to me, there's no need. There's no need. If if you are going somewhere, they say that place is dangerous, and you had 10 well-armed mobile policemen, then with 20 wicked-looking soldiers, all of them were armed, and they surround you and you are walking. You know, you, you cannot calm down. Yeah, you calm down. Listen to me. Whether you see them or not, the people surrounding you and escorting you, they are, they are more terrible than these people I've just described. There was a time, one of them, one of them at a time, God sent against the armies that gathered against Hezekiah, king of Judah. And in one night, one angel destroyed 185,000 soldiers. I just imagine the way he did it. He didn't carry a sword. He didn't start using it to to a sword to fight them one by one. What did he just do? This was my, my own imagination. <laughs> he blew cold on them. They froze to death. That's the easiest way to kill 185,000 people if you're an angel. There's no point going from... This is not movie. 300. Are you getting my point? No. <laughs> that takes a lot of effort. The guy just... I think, just blew a cold spell out of nowhere upon them. And they all froze to death. After that, cleaned his mouth. Any other person against Hezekiah? Everybody said no. How many? One. One angel against 185,000 soldiers. So why are you still afraid? Rest your feet. Today, let's just give a lot of thanks. I just wanted to just thank God. We'll continue reading more stories next time. Stories of divine protection. Stories of divine deliverance. Stories of divine protection, divine deliverance. Just thank God for deliverance. Quickly open to Psalm 91 as we are giving the Lord thanks. Let's just read that one together. One of my favorite Psalms. Quickly say amen to this. No weapon that is fashioned against you will prosper. Amen. 
Let me say it again. No weapon that is aimed against you will prosper. Amen. No plot that is arranged against you will prosper. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Quickly read from verse 5. We are going to read from verse 5 together. But remember, you are going to be using I. Are you getting my point? You will just use what? I. All right. We'll read from verse 5 and read to verse 16. Are you ready? Are you ready? One, two, let's go. I will not be afraid of the terror by night, of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, of this destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall by my side, and ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not approach me. I will only look with my eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For I have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High my dwelling place. No evil will befall me, nor will any plague come near my tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning me, to guard me in all my ways. They will bear me up in their hands, that I do not strike my foot against a stone. I will tread upon the lion and cobra, the young lion and the serpent I will trample down. Because I have loved him, therefore he will deliver me. Now, can we do something here? I want us to read the words of God, then personalize it. First of all, verses 14 to 16, God was declaring something. I hope you're getting my point. Concerning us, he was declaring. Now, let's read God's words. They will now read it a second time and personalize it. One to let's, just read the way it is now. 14 to 16. One to let's go. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high, because he has known my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. And with a long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. This is the word of the Lord concerning you. Amen. I said, this is the word of the Lord concerning you. Amen. Now begin to personalize in your own. Just take your time. You have a minute. Personalize those three verses. Because I have loved him, therefore he will deliver me. He will set me securely on high because I have known his name. I will call upon him and he will answer me. He will be with me in the time of trouble. He will rescue me and I will honor him. With long life, he satisfies me and let me see his salvation. Just do that one more time. Just do that one more time. That's what they call meditation on the word of God. Just declare that, sow that seed into your environment. Sow that seed into your environment. Take verses 11 and 13 again. Declare it into your environment. He will give his angels charge concerning me to guard me in all my ways. They will bear me up in their hands and I will not dash my foot against a stone. Just declare it around you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. I, I declare concerning you, safety is your portion. Amen. Divine protection is your portion. Amen. No evil will befall you. Amen. If you travel, safety is your portion. Amen. The kidnappers will not get you. Amen. You are delivered from them all. Amen. For every evil person plotting to, you know, to profit by the pains of others, you are delivered. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, the rod of the Wicked will not fall upon the lot of the righteous. Amen. That is the word of God concerning you. 
Let me say that again. Their authority, their power will not come upon that which belongs to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. You have escaped like a bird out of a snare. In the name of Jesus. God has opened the trap and you have escaped. In the name of Jesus, I say it again. No evil will befall you. And no plague will come near your dwelling place. In Jesus' name. Just take a minute. Like I said, just give the Lord thanks. If you really believe these things, just give thanks. Let's give the Lord thanks. Let's give the Lord thanks. We'll continue next time to read more stories. I just want us to read many stories, stories of divine deliverance. Those stories boost up our faith. But let's, think, let's thank God for what we have learned today. So as you are going, God will go with you in the name of Jesus. Amen. And the words we have declared today, the fruit of it will come into your life in Jesus' name. What is the fruit? Protection. What is the fruit? Prosperity. What is the fruit? Glory. The glory of God being seen upon you. That will be your portion in Jesus' name. All right, let this, I will share um, the grace at the end of meetings for those who are coming for the first time. Look into that page 11. And we're going to share the grace together now. Are you ready? Now do it like you are prophesying unto your path as you are going home. All right? Once let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Can you bless two people around you? Just say, this is your season. This is your season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Bless another person. This is your season. There's one last one for yourself. This is my season.